Adam Isaac, your podcast host, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we all defined our own perspectives and the people who have an opinion about it. Now, continuing on with our next series on creators. Creating is in all of us. So why not explore what that means to people keeping that spirit alive? In the next few episodes, we'll hear from a variety of artists in their perspective field making meaningful experiences out of their life's work. Everything has an art, if you're curious enough. And sometimes if you're lucky to see past the inner critic, you get to see what that curiosity can make. The way I see it, life imitates art from its creator. So with that in mind, this is Independent Music Undefined with guest Sudi. I'm glad that we got to do this. I'm, I, I know you through Sammy, so like I owe her everything. She invited me to the show and I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. I'm doing uh, vocal lessons with her uh-huh. and and I think you'll love it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yay, uh, so yeah, so I had a really fun experience uh, at your show. And so I was like, I want to talk to her. I want to see what, yeah, what goes behind that process. Yeah, it was such a fun show. I'm so glad that I was able to, to do that um, and that you were there to see it. Yeah. Um, so before we begin, who are you? Who's Sudi? Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, well, uh, my name is Sudi. That's my real name. And that's what I also go by as my artist name. Um, I moved around a lot growing up and I started singing and writing music and like going to voice lessons um, at, around the age of four and so I've been doing it my whole life pretty much and uh yeah I started performing pretty quickly after that and that's like just what I really love to do I love making music and I love performing so much I love performing so much so being able to play that show the one that you saw was was really cool because I hadn't performed live in almost two years at that point because before the pandemic hit I took about a year off to like write more music and um I was just as the pandemic started I was about to start playing shows again and so I wasn't able to so it was really great to be able to play again but yeah I lived all over um went to high school overseas and then I went to Dallas because I actually went to school at SMU and that's where I got my degree in opera and very cool i heard yes (laughs) yeah which was super fun and that's also when where at school um is where i started actually like producing my own music and so it's really been ever since that and ever since i put out my first single um just learning more about production and trying to become a better producer and songwriter and vocalist and um yeah, kind of just that's been my journey. Which title would you put yourself first? Which one kind of developed for you first? Um, I would say artist mm-hmm. because I my main instrument is my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then obviously like songwriting and then production and I play keys uh, which I use a lot I use a lot of like keyboards and synthesizers in my music um but um yeah I would say artist more than musician because I also love to write and direct and produce like music videos and other artistic expressions I did um I love like fashion and stuff so for a while I did very DIY type of like outfits and things for performances and um I just really love being creative when I was really young really really little and I was doing I started doing voice and everything I, I also really loved to like to create stuff like with hot glue and like just make really weird things yeah, <laughs> all the yeah. time um so I would say artists I feel okay. makes that. the most sense knowing that you kind of see the value of all those different things how do you how do you mm-hmm. define artists for yourself in that way I think that and actually I talked to Sammy about this a lot in our sessions and my other and the other people that I work with um being an artist is a really allowing yourself to be freely and fully like creatively expressive and not letting fear of failing or not failing but um the fear of like what other people or the outside world thinks about what you do and just kind of doing what you want to do creatively especially as a singer it's really easy to technically be a good singer but that to me doesn't really matter if you don't have like the all of the elements of of what a true artist would be which is like being fully connected to your emotional state your physical state especially as a singer because your whole body is your instrument um psychologically like taking care of your mental health and really you know being connected with that and then I always talk about the spirituality of it too like whatever that means to that person that is to me like the soul Mm -hmm. um the intangible I always talk about how I feel like music and art ideas in general are in and of themselves a different dimension that like we by some miracle are able to like play around with and like it lets us play with those ideas you know. Speak a little bit on how specifically to let's let's kind of use uh, singing how the emotional part of being able to be vulnerable in that state to actually mm-hmm. sing better. So you can sing like pretty, pretty straightforward in the way that like, okay, this person sings very well, but there's something different that happens whenever you are feeling the music mm-hmm. or, or allowing yourself to maybe intentfully hear every word you say instead of just singing the word, there is this switch that happens in people. And even if, even if they're not the best singers, it happens and you're like, wow, that sounds different. Well, like I said, it's, there's a lot of things I could talk about with that, but I think, you know, we live in a, we live in a capitalistic society. So everything and everyone is a product and you can be really good at technically singing, but, and that's fine for certain things, especially like commercial work or like 
commercial music, pop music or whatever, even though I love pop music, it's like kind of a time and a place for that. I always talk about Nina Simone as an example. She's an artist that I remember when I really got into her when I was pretty young. I have a sister that's 11 years older than me. And so when she was in high school, I was like eight or nine or, you know, around that age. Um, And it's not just about what her voice sounds like. Um, It's not just about the melodies that she writes, or it's not just about what she's wearing or how she looks. When you listen to her or you watch her perform, you feel that. And I mean, you can listen or watch a performance of hers from like, you know, 40 years ago, however long, and be moved by it because that transcends time. I mean, just like with classical music, like um, Requiem by Mozart. I watched a couple of movies over the past like week and a half. And three of the movies that I watched had um, Lacrimosa from Mozart's Requiem in it because that piece of music, I mean, how old is that? It's so old, but like that music still to this day moves people. And when I sang it, I sang it a few times when I was growing up in certain different choirs and things like that. And, and I always remembered that piece because it's so moving and it, it doesn't have anything really to do with just what it sounds like. There was obviously emotion involved in it. I mean, that piece in particular, actually, I don't think he even finished that one mm. because he died. He died before that that piece was finished. So it was finished by um, I can't remember his name starts with an s <laughs> anyway but yeah you know what i mean i don't know i, I kind, yeah. of kind of one rants a little no, bit yeah. that, that it's kind of on that higher level when people are like oh you can con- connect to your higher self that's almost how you do it i really believe that mental health is and creative expression are ex- like totally tied together um so being vulnerable and being able to work through emotions is so good for your mental health and creatively expressing that is such a fantastic way and an invaluable way to to do that or work through your trauma or work through certain emotions, whether you're the one singing or you're listening to an artist yeah. or you're, you're, you see a painting or you watch a film or something that moves you. I have a friend who's, a, who's in residency in psychiatry and I actually had her on the podcast and she taught, she, we talked a lot about mental health and all the, the things that can go wrong, like depression, anxiety, all these different things where she's like, but mental health is making decisions. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to make a decision, that's one at a time. Right. And so going to bed earlier, all these different things and kind of speaking to what you're saying, that's sort of, if you're able to process your process, your way through something that you're going through or acknowledging those things, it's going to kind of come back in a more creative way because you'll see things differently and then think differently, yeah. right? And so that's really cool. And, and I love how you merge those two because that's that's something that I try to kind of involve in every conversation that I've been having with these episodes because you'll start to see there's a lot of connections in between different things and it always leads back to you and how you're kind of dealing with your health. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I love the people that I work with because whenever I start 
working with somebody new immediately, and Sammy will tell you this, um, the first lesson is usually, or session together, is usually just sitting down and talking about how I view music and how I teach it and how mental health is a very big part of that. Especially, I have a lot of um, people that I work with that are women or femme people that um, we have all of these other sensory overload things happening all the time in a, in the age of social media yeah. um you know there's a lot of things that we don't even realize that affect us you know um there's something that comes up a lot when I am working with women and femme people in particular and and it's something that I had to really work on um when I was in my early 20s um but a lot of times, a lot of like women and femme people, they say sorry a lot. So, mm. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this right. And so one of the exercises that I do, um, that I have them work on when I first start working with somebody that has that type of response a lot of the times is I tell them, okay, so this next week, I want you to take note on how many times you say sorry and how many times you really think you needed to say sorry. Was it a situation that you really needed to apologize for? And then I want you to think about why you're saying sorry and understanding that there is a place for you and that you do need to take up the space that you need. If you're passing someone in the grocery store, there's no reason to say sorry there. Just say, excuse me. You don't have to make yourself smaller for someone else. And then that directly affects how much they're able to physically with their voice let out. Mm. A lot of times it's hard for people to like even just open their mouth all the way to sing, to let their voice completely mm -hmm. out, to be completely free, to let yeah. it do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So that takes, that's yeah. not just a physical thing. That's a totally psychological thing. That's an emotional thing and a spiritual thing. They're all working together. So mental health is a big part of, of what I do when I work with people because yeah. you can't have one without the other. No, but like no. I said, you can, you can technically, you no. could be a good singer. You could do that. But if it's not all, if you don't have all of those parts together and you're not always consistently making sure that everything is kind of like all together there and grounded it really does make a huge difference and it makes a difference to the person or audience members that are hearing yes. you sing or watching you perform because subconsciously we can all tell if someone's being genuine or not. That's a very cool exercise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's layered. It's very layered. And I love yeah, it. And I, when I do, when I give that exercise out, um, I always say, now watch, this is going to be something that when we work together on things like this, it's not just going to be for your voice. This is going to bleed into every other area of your life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's the cool thing about what artists do is that it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, there's this fascination for the artist. Pop is kind of the biggest genre where we have these idols of what we see and we love them. And there's this uh, philosopher, I think it's Kierkegaard. I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically what he says is when an artist goes up there, a comedian, whatever artist is, um, and people are clapping, they're sort of clapping for more unfortunate things to happen for them to process through and be able to share their experience. Mm -hmm. And so as an artist, it's really cool just how you explain that in that 
artists are the people that we learn from in terms of how to have mental health, right? Or how to have, how to connect with certain emotions that the song does, that the literature has, all those different things, the way you're doing it and applying it in a more concrete way with having people do those exercises is the cool thing that I, I wish people, and I think it's happening now, but I wish people start to notice how art and artists is very important in our lives. That doesn't have to be like a musician or a, or a dancer, but it can be things that people do every day, like working on a car, um, yeah, cooking, absolutely. cooking, there's an art, right? And so you can kind of grasp from the artists that we kind of see as musicians and that, you can kind of take that and see that there's a little bit of everything in, in, uh, in everywhere. Everywhere. And I always say that too, even outside of when I'm teaching, even it, um, if I'm just hanging out with like friends or new people, you know, and we get to talking about that, a lot of people will be like, well, I want you to teach me, but I can't sing or I don't have any talents. I say that, you know, they're just because it's maybe not a musical thing or a visual art thing. There's mm-hmm. so many ways to be creative as a human being in this world. Yeah. That things that I can't do. Yeah. I can't do math very well. That's like very creative. That is very creative. Science. <laughs> a beautiful mind. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, there's like so much, first of all, even being a functional human being in this world, that's an art. <laughs> in <itself. laughs> that's true. Yeah. That looks different. Every person you meet. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you know, if you're in it for the right reasons and yes. you can you truly feel that that magical spark when you do it, that's, that's that creative expression. Yeah. It's sad because um, I talk about this a lot too with the people that I work with, but mm-hmm. um, th- especially in America, the way that we've been brought up in this world is um, to be, you know, a worker. We go to school until K through 12. Um, we go to a job to make money and mental health and art are the things that are like lowest on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, you know, if you if you were in art, especially as a man, if you were into art, you were like a pussy or like, sorry, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's unfiltered. Um, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, and that, that even that like phrase was such, was so rampant when I was growing up. So there's like at the core of everything that we've learned so far, we have to start unlearning so many things and um, unlearning the idea that taking care of your mental health is not something that is um, bad or secretive. Like I don't even still, like even a decade ago, if you were like going to therapy, that's like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when that's, like Not the, the opposite of what's happening. You're like trying to be better and yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, being really f- forward with your emotions, being vulnerable. And um, those are all seen as like feminine qualities, which is seen as weak. There's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. And whenever I'm working with my clients, that's something that I really talk about a lot, especially like I was saying before, especially with women and femme people that I work with. How do you, so a lot of that stems from fear. 
So how do you see fear and artistry? Uh, how does that relationship look like from your perspective? Um, I read this book uh, a couple of years ago um, and I recommend it to a lot of the people that I work with. It's called Big Magic. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she talks a lot about fear and artistic expression. I don't really know exactly where all of that fear is coming from. I mean, obviously part of it is, you know, the fear of taking up too much space or being made fun of. Um, a lot of times people that I work with will tell me like one moment when they were young where someone told them that they sounded terrible or something like that. And that one moment has been, was so traumatic that like they literally can't open their mouth to sing or it's kind of just a collective fear of not amounting to anything or being worthless because we want, I, you know, we want to be worth something. We want to leave something behind. We want to be seen be seen we want to be cool we want to be beautiful and young forever mm. and all of those things kind of stem from from control how do you deal with that does that happen to you before when you're about to start doing creating something when you're performing what does that how does that show up for all you all the time <laughs> okay. all the time i mean just yesterday I was talking to my friend and I was like, man, I, like, I feel like a piece of shit because I haven't done anything. I haven't made anything new in like a week. But then I was telling them about all of the things that I did during the week. And I was like, I guess I kind of did do stuff, but like, I guess because I didn't do anything on Sunday, I just kind of like laid down and let myself rest. I felt guilty because I felt like a piece of shit and then I was worthless and I wasn't doing anything. But that's so crazy because yeah. you have to take care of yourself. You have to rest. Yeah. You have to make sure that you're okay, you know? And that doesn't mean that you have to make sure you're happy because that's silly. Just making mm -hmm. sure that you're talking to yourself and you're being vulnerable with yourself and you're being honest with yourself and you're being communicative with yourself. Understanding that, emotions are passing and that it's okay to not be happy and it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to give yourself some grace to like rest you don't have to be productive every single second of every single day that's another thing that capitalism has instilled in us like I said that yesterday, I was talking to my friend about that. I was like, I feel like a piece of shit because I haven't done anything. But that's not even true. I was. I was doing things. Mm -hmm. Resting is a thing to do. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, like America is very, it's the thing that I like and don't like about the States is that it's a very hustle mentality. Like just go, 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 go. But they don't focus on the recovery part, on the part where you need to like, okay, take some time for yourself take a day off, take those types of things. Like when you go somewhere else around the world, there's like Spain has like a, a full block of like, yeah, where they just go yeah. for a nap. So these places um, kind of look at the world differently, but here there is this very machine heavy oriented and people's hustle happens here. And so that's very good, but it can become very toxic when it just kind of consumes your life. I think that toxicity is 
totally amplified by the so social media age that we live in as well, mm -hmm. because we see people constantly like releasing work or, you know, mm -hmm. who we personify ourselves as on social media, comparing ourselves to other people on social media. It's really hard to not get sucked into that and not feel like you're not pretty enough or you're not talented enough or all of these things that kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning that technically you know you could do them right you could get plastic surgery or you could like do whatever you wanted but in the end if you can be like your most genuine and authentic self with yourself your relationship with yourself is so important then that's really what matters and it's like if you create music and never put it out but you are so happy with what you've done that's totally okay too or if you just like sing for your child at night I've worked with somebody for like over a year where she just wanted to sing for her child and maybe do some karaoke that's and so we cute. worked through so many yeah we worked through so many things that were great that she could do that and she really liked being able to feel free with her voice and let her voice come out like her true voice the whole thing yeah. rather than just like a little bit coming out mm. this way <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what is your earliest memory of how music showed up in your life I remember writing my first song when I was four I still remember it um it was terrible but <laughs> um, do you have it written down somewhere Oh, it's in here. I will never forget uh, it. Um, it was on all the black keys because, of course, if you play all the black keys, they all sound good together. Uh -huh. um, Is it long? Can you sing it? <laughs> I, sure, I'll sing it. It's uh, Let me see. When the world turns and I go tomorrow, I will fly, I will fly, I will fly away. That's it. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, but I remember sitting there plucking on the keys and writing that song. And then, yeah, shortly after that, got put into voice lessons. And, and then I recorded some songs. I have a recording of me when I was five, still, singing God Help the Outcast from um, Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame, yeah. or Notre Dame. And then... Like a year or two after that, I started singing with this group called God's Country Kids. I started singing country music. Wow. And, um, we would sing at like nursing homes and children's hospitals. And like, I remember I sang a grand opening at a Whataburger one time. And then I started singing at Johnny High's Country Music Review when I was like seven. I did my first one there. So I like, had a cowboy hat on and like I remember exactly what I was wearing I got on stage with a full band and I sang some songs and then yeah I mean pretty much just have been fully involved with doing that kind of thing since then like I've just mm. been always doing something like when we moved from Texas to Atlanta and I joined the jazz band and I was a singer for the jazz band and we sang at the opening of the Atlanta Aquarium and then when we moved to Dubai went to high school in Dubai we I joined obviously I was in the choir again I was in choirs all throughout growing up and then I was like in musicals 
I was singing the national anthem like all over Dubai. I sang at like U.S. Embassy events and like football games or like baseball games. Um, and then, yeah, and then I came here or well, I'm back in Atlanta now, but then I moved to Dallas um, where I was for 12. I stayed in Dallas for 12 years, which is the longest I had ever lived anywhere. But yeah, just like always doing something. And I always stayed in voice lessons for my whole life up until I graduated college. Um, And now I teach them. (laughs) What led you into wanting to teach it? It was kind of an accident. Um, I was playing a show. I was on a festival um, in Dallas. It was a King Camel event. Um, There was like a bunch of artists that were playing. I think it was like a weekend event. So there was like three days of music at like Mm -hmm. a couple of different venues. And... um, there was another singer there and I guess so she also she or she taught she taught at a school in South Lake and one of their teachers had just left and the guy that ran the studio was there to see her because he was one of her or her one of his teachers and then he saw me perform and he was like hey would you like to teach um, music and I said absolutely not um <laughs> <laughs> one I don't like kids two um I've never done it and I don't have a lot of patience um so no I don't want to but thanks for the offer and then he reached out to me again I think like maybe one or two times he was like I really really need someone can you just like come this week And so then I tried it out and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I love this. Like, I'm really good at it. I actually really like kids. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, And I have a lot to offer as a teacher. The more that I taught, the more that I realized that I had a lot of knowledge to offer and a lot of experience too. I really enjoy working with everybody that I have now that I'm working with are so amazing. And I really love being able to teach because also you learn from teaching. So I've asked this question to, I have a friend of mine who's also a musician artist and um, we had a very long conversation about genre and what that means for the artist. So how do you see that conversation? What do you think, first of all, of like labeling different types of music? Because everything's so, you can't really just put everything in a box, but sometimes we put them in there because it's closer to this and that. But um, how do you see it as an artist? And and what are your thoughts on just genre looking like in the future? Ooh, uh, that's a really good question. Because even your work is it's it's a I hear different things, you know. Yeah. There's a variety of things you even you said you you sang country at one point. So there's a lot of influences and that you can hear throughout your lyrics and music. Yeah. And I love all different types of music. Yeah. Um, gosh, that's a really hard question. Because <laughs> literally anytime anybody asks me what genre I sing, I am stumped. I have not, I, to this day, I don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) It's just, it's weird because it's hard to put creation in a box. So it kind of feels classist a little bit to me when, when people are really into gatekeeping genres, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'm having a difficult time <laughs> saying it because I really like I I'm still like I said to this day so stumped on how to even describe like my own genre. I think that the continuation of exploring creativity not just in the types of like sounds that you make but like how you get those sounds the different types of instruments you can make like I saw this instrument on TikTok the other day and you literally like put these clamps onto you can put them onto like mushrooms or like leaves and then that will interpret through a series of like piano sounds and bass sounds like what that plant sounds like in music and I think that's so cool and there's like it's cool there's the that science and technology and math you know, it's like goes it all goes back to like that whole artistic expression. So I feel like genre is I mean, it's cool to like have as some kind of like starting point. Starting point, but I I I think it would be boring if it just stayed the same all the time. Well, yeah, like it's changing, right? So the future of that is going to look different because there's a lot of artists kind of yeah. breaking that mold. And so like, yeah, where do we put this artist, right? And I think that's why what that will look like is interesting. I think we're in the beginnings of it, but it's just, it's, it's, I'm curious to see how that develops. Because <laughs> also too, you know, with this specific artist, it would be weird if a, an artist that was prolific stayed in the same type of genre their their entire career. If their career spanned over decades, ew, why would you do that? That's yeah. not fun. Like, look at David Bowie. Look at Prince. Yeah. Okay, I'm not dogging on Beach House, but <laughs> I love Beach House. I do like, too. <laughs> their first couple albums are so good. But then I think it was when uh, the seventh album came out. I don't remember mm. what the name was. I think it was called Seven or something like that. I was bored because mm. it sounded just like everything else. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. This is what you sound like. But don't you want to experiment a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, make, make kind of see what's, what's up with some other shit. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, I don't think that what they did was incorrect by any means. And also I'm not, I hate judging people and like the types of music that they like or listen to because the way that our bodies feel and process sound waves is different. And the types of trauma that we have is different. So it's, it's silly to like judge somebody on what they listen to or the kind of music they make. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, that, was like man I, I want to hear something new like I want to hear that it's you but like in a, in a new way yeah you know I think the biggest difference is independent artist and then for lack of a better word I can't think of another one but commercial artists right so there's yeah no there's that what, makes sense to me yeah so how do you define independent music I don't know how to properly answer that question because there's not a really like a mold for that yet. Everybody, everybody's so different, different in different pockets of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Like if you're an independent rapper, that's a lot different from if you're an independent solo female artist, then that's different from like an independent grunge punk boy band. It's just, it 
I'm not the authority on that. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, well, okay. So a little bit of what I remember of my question before this. Um, so uh, if you love an artist, you kind of understand that they're going to go through a process of change. And so their music will change and they'll go back maybe, and they'll do experiment with this and that. So a lot, so a lot that I, something I talk about a lot is uh, the process of what an artist goes through and loving that more than what their product is or the result of what they create. Um, I love that as well, or maybe I don't sometimes, but there's this like appreciation for the end result. But what I think is a lot more interesting is how that artist has gone through that process, right? And someone who understands an artist, like the listener, I would hope understand that, that you might not like this next album, but they're experimenting and you're like, oh, you're with it, right? So back to the independent part of it, a lot of that beginning process for artists, they're on this journey to try to have greater reach or make it, right? Quote, unquote. Um, and then there, it becomes a little bit commercial, but there's still a little bit of them in there. So then you have a broader reach and there's two separate kind of lanes. And so some people like to stay on the more independent where you have a lot more control. Not that you can't on the other side, but there is a lot of kind of corporate capitalism type of thing happening at the same time. So do you ever see it that way? Or is that something you think about of how you're, how the direction you're going? Yeah, I think about that all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the way that you put it because that's how I see it. I think that as long as the artist is, okay, that, so me as an artist and me as a person are the same thing mm. for me. Mm -hmm. So my growth and development as a human being will directly affect the art that I make. So those changes are happening. And if you're being really genuine and authentic, I think you can still make it as a, commercial artists if that's the kind of music that you want to do or if you get to a point where you're like you know what I really want to make a lot of money and I still want to make some great pop records so I'm going to go this direction and I can still be like genuine and if there's something that they want me to do that I really don't want to do then I'm not going to do it and the, the music industry is a is an industry that changes so rapidly yeah it's really like, there's not really, I mean, I went to, I was in college like a decade ago and um, I took a like music law course. And from like three years before I took that course, my professor was like, I had to completely change my curriculum because the music industry changes so rapidly. So like, I can't even imagine what I, you know, everything that I learned in that class probably, which I don't remember because it was so long ago, um, <laughs> is probably different now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. My, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you hold on to the things that you find consistent at least? How do you find consistency in that for yourself? I think, you know, I was just talking about this with yeah. my friend, Teddy, who's my lifelong friend and collaborator who, mm. you know, I was just talking about, we're doing that. Yes. Um, and as you know, listening to some of my music, it's kind of certain songs that sound very different from each other, but the main thing you'll know that it's me because mm. of the way that I write music and the way that I sing and my cadences with my voice and with the way that I play instruments or the way that I write certain 
chord progressions or the way that I produce types of beats that I use and types of sounds of snares or bass or kick that I use. You have a fingerprint. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, from like my really early stuff, like Heart Attack, which is like a wild, crazy song. Mm -hmm. I've actually had like dozens of versions of that song, but they're all they're all very true to who I am. Um, now, Heart Attack, the original song that came out, sounds extremely different from my latest single, Good Guy, which is like a kind of nod to like 90s, 2000s R&B. Yes, um, I love it. it has, and Carrie Foe is featured on it, and she's an incredible rapper and songwriter and producer, and she's really, really an, a talented artist. Now, that song compared to my first one, my first one ever released to my latest one that I've ever released. If you listen to them side by side, yeah, they sound a lot different, but you can still tell that it's me. And, uh, and two, on top of that, I'm a completely different person than what I was mm. almost a decade ago when I released that song. Totally different. I'm a completely different person. I'm just, my mental health is so much better. Um, just like many on many levels i'm a totally different person but i'm still chasing the most not chasing but trying to be be the most genuine version of myself in each moment so the, my, my genuine version of myself back then was still genuine it's different from my genuine version of myself now and i hope that's the same for everyone because you should be learning and growing and your genuine self should be changing and you know when you interact with your environment and other people around you you know I think just maintaining that I, now I'm going on a rant I'm sorry <laughs> no it's okay no you're, you're good you're good you're good it leads to different things but yeah but yeah it that's the thing it's sort of it's you start somewhere and then you start to notice that it starts to go in different directions depending on what you're trying to kind of define and what context you're looking at and it goes back to the mental health thing it kind of just depends on the choices that you make Mm -hmm. I don't know like I chose to move to Atlanta a few months ago just for for many reasons and I could have stayed in Dallas and that I would have been in a totally different position um and that probably would directly affect the type of projects that I would be doing now in terms of uh popular music so when you hear pop that can be a variety of things right it could be hip-hop it could be rap it could be yeah Latin I mean, music right it's popular music Right. That's definitely changed over time. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, yeah. So how do you see, like from your perspective as an artist, how does pop evolve into like these different, Ooh. different experiences with music? I read a really great article that the New York Times put out about pop music recently. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Yeah, please. Um, I think it's, just shows us where we're at in humanity. It's a reflection of the times and artists, they, they show that, they show the reflection of where we're at. I still, to this day, I love pop music. I mean, I'm a big Britney fan, Ariana fan. She's a little problematic sometimes, <laughs> um, which I don't support those things, but her music is objectively, it's really, it's good pop music in the society that we live in appropriating and stealing a lot of black culture pop music directly 
you know, shows that that a lot of pop music now is like trap pop. You know what I mean? So yes, there is a lot. She has a lot. She has like trap hats in her music, you know? So um, I think it just, yeah, it reflects the time. I mean, even back in the fifties, like Elvis, Led Zeppelin, they stole so much black music, made a profit off of it. I mean, as is most of what America is built on. I think it just it reflects the time. So, so you see a lot of that, right? We see it in, in how pop music draws influence from like independent music. And in general, art repurposes things and they grab from different ways in both directions. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like commercial and popular music that has a greater reach, how does that relationship start and develop in production in a, in a positive way? In terms of like commercial music or? Uh, well, so like you said, there's a lot of things that there are borrowed or stolen, but you don't really see that the other way around as much in terms of getting recognition, right? So it serves for kind of the popular artists, but the independent artists sort of still has to kind of find their way through where they're at. Let me see what you're saying. Right? And so how does that relationship, how can that relationship develop in a more productive way? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a heavy, I, know I don't know. <laughs> I, don't have the, I don't know if I have the answer for that. Um, personally, I can tell you, Yeah. I, my goal as an artist would be to like write songs for like, bigger artists Mm, make my money that way and then continue just working on my own music independently and not have to worry about fitting into like a certain Mm. genre or like making it too commercial okay so yeah so perfect so just like that so what were the things that led uh you into having being clear with that and knowing that's what you like and that's what you want i think um up until i was like going to college I is like when I was 16 and 17 I thought I was I mean I'm a Leo so and I was like always the star of the show right so I was like of course I'm gonna be famous (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I realized that that's like has nothing to do with my creative expression and seeing that obviously even just like the Britney the whole Britney thing happening right now and what she went through like that was something I was like you know I don't that doesn't seem like something I would want personally to go through or like have to worry about what I look like or what I, you know, what I'm doing for other people. And then I just kind of like realized that there were songwriters that made a lot of money that write like really great pop songs um, that have their own bands or something like on the side. Um, like I was a fan of, I mean, she's, she is problematic now, so I don't really support her anymore, but um, like Sia back in the day, she was in this band called Zero Seven, like back in the nineties and early two thousands that I really, I really loved their music. And then later found out that she wrote like a lot of really like popular songs. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can make a lot of really good money off of that royalties and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, it's really fun for me. And it's really easy for me to write like good pop melodies. I could do that easy. 
and you know i just have to figure out how to get into how to do that (laughs) um i would much rather like work the system make the system work for me which is songwriting for some other artists that need it or want it Mm-hmm. and make my money that way and then just like keep doing my own independent kind of underground thing i was talking to my friend to, i was talking to teddy the other day and we were talking about like how we want to be remembered by as artists and i was like i want to be the kind of artist that people are like really like they feel cool to know who i am because i'm like underground but i like did a lot of really cool shit did you know that she did this and this and this and then she had her own solo project that was like really cool and different and then she like worked with all these other artists and were like in all these other different projects but like you know you you don't really hear her name or whatever like I want to yeah. be that kind of artist where people are like they feel cool to <laughs> like to know who I was you know what I mean like I, I went from being a 16 year old like having like an eating disorder wanting to be like the prettiest girl because I wanted to be like on tv and like on the radio and I wanted to be like super famous to realizing that that's not really at all what I wanted and that I actually really value my creative expression and I want to do that do you find there's a responsibility as an artist to maintain that consistency of being able to be supportive of things and lift other things up. Um, is that something that you see an artist's role having? Well, I believe that we're all connected in some way. Kind of goes, I always love to quote RuPaul on this, but like, if you can't <laughs> love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And so if you're making sure that you are taking care of yourself and you are being the most genuine version of yourself because then other people can feel that genuine quality and relate to it and could help them with something that they're going through. I don't know if that answered that question or not. Um, There's this shift happening kind of in the industry where we see our artists and they're humans too, right? So there's like these mistakes that are done, but they are in a place where they have a lot of influence. And so the conversation of like what, uh, what an artist's role is, is that's been kind of the last few years has been the kind of, common topics right so that's why I wanted to see as an artist do you are those things you think about or is it just kind of like I have my ups and downs no I I definitely think especially with everything that happened in this past year I don't think you can be in certain spaces without actively working on certain things and like being vocal about it especially in the music industry with sexual harassment like, I don't want to follow or support mm-hmm. another male musician who is known as using his position of power to, like, lure in other people or, or you know, I'm not going to support somebody who shouldn't be supported. They don't need to take up that space. And then in doing that, I want to make sure that I do what I what is necessary to be in the space that I'm in, if that makes sense. Like, I'm yeah. not going to, I don't want to take up space that I shouldn't be other musicians should know that too. Because there is like, you you start to get notoriety and, and more people know. So there is, there's a sort of a moral responsibility there. Uh, just yeah. whenever you hit a certain kind of reach there, I think there should be that a little bit of responsibility in returning that 
in some positive way for I think absolutely and I think that is for anybody yeah not not just musicians yeah I think that's for anybody I mean there are reparations that need to be made Mm -hmm. so like moving forward in this life and in this plane of existence that we're in now I mean I think that has been very made very clear especially Mm -hmm. this past year that like yeah there are things that like need to be repaired and and made space for people that need to be in those spaces. It's growing pains. (laughs) This is the transition time of kind of things starting to change. It's going to hurt a little bit. Like there's going to be a lot of turmoil, but I always tell people like people are resilient. So we'll make it through. It might be a little bit hard to go through all of this now, but we have to go through it right? to come out the other side. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's switch gears a little bit. So I chose three songs of yours. And oh I'll, my gosh. <laughs> so I want you to speak a little bit about each one. This will be our starting point, but if it goes somewhere else, feel free. Each of these songs, um, one of them for specific, just the sound of creating it, one for the lyrics, and okay. one for and one for the vibe, right? So like the vibe of a song. So that's different from the sound of a song. There's a vibe that you get when you hear music, right? So like yes. that creating that is different than the sound. But let's start with bad guy. Everybody thinks they can see through the walls But they don't know the blood, the sweat, the tears it took to try to tear them The vibe for that song, I love it. It's great. And it's also a collaboration. So how how was that developed? How was that vibe created? And where did it end up? Okay, so, uh, so my manager was tour managing for Saba. Um, oh, cool. Rapper. Yeah. And Carrie was on tour with them. And I think she played like a couple of, of shows with them. And whenever I sent the demo of the track to my manager, she suggested having a rapper featured on it. And I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah and then that's how it kind of happened. But the song's been done for like three years. Oh, wow. Well, the songs, was, I started writing it like three years ago. Nice. Um, I kind of just like the vibe of the song is I wanted in my head, I saw groups of friends that get together and they're getting ready to like go out together on like a weekend and they're they have this song on and they're like if we want to be in relationships we get into relationships that where people treat us the way we think we need to be treated which i've done obviously i wrote a song about it Mm -hmm. um and uh i wanted the vibe to be like you don't have to do that you are fucking bad bitch and you deserve to be treated like one and if nobody else is going to do it you do it for yourself and if Uh, nobody else is going to do it then you don't want them anyways so yeah well that first line of everyone assumes you're a good guy is that from a personal experience is that just something you've noticed things happen that way Um, a lot or yeah with 
okay. I used to really like pretty boys <laughs> and I didn't care how they treated me. I guess I, I thought, I thought that if they were like good looking, then they were good. <laughs> yeah. Which some are, some are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. There are some, yes. I, yeah, definitely. I think that the, that whole idea of like the good looking part wasn't specifically about physical appearance is more so like people who they personify themselves as like on social media. Mm. Okay. Wow. It was more of like a metaphor that way. Okay. But also cool. true because the person I wrote this song about was also was good looking, but <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, I love female empowerment and that's what that whole song, he wasn't man enough. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Mask on for the world you don't want them to see. Behind their handsome little faces, something ugly. And from the outside looking in, they all like looking me. I love myself too much to stay, so now I gotta leave. All right, the next one we got is <clears throat> Scorpio mm -hmm. Princess, sorry. And that one, the sound of it. So that one I would consider like, for lack of a better term, like the indie song. the track you can hear like horse galloping sounds Ooh, okay. and like bird sounds yes. i used like a, a sound effects from that keyboard just kind of like an old keyboard so it sounds like really like early 2000s like mm. dingy kind of but like i love that style yeah. so like those like bird sounds and like the horse galloping sounds and i think i put like a car speeding by or something at some yeah. point the like guitar sound is also from that keyboard the i mostly used that keyboard and like some sample drum sounds that i had yeah and i've i've, I've made it pretty quickly um so i put it away for like a few weeks and then i came back to it later and i was like oh I'm gonna add this to this. Um, I have this like sample pack that's called Disrespectful 808s and they're like really mm. booming, like heavy. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks that I took off from it, um, I had bought that sample pack. And so then when I went back to the song, I was like, oh, this is what it needs. Mm. And then it like kind of just made the song. It sounds very dreamlike. And then even your initial lyrics brings you into that kind of sensation and sounds and just kind of how you explained all the birds and the cars, it does feel like very you're stepping into your dream pretty much yeah, it definitely was like a like a whirlwind of bliss for like yeah. for like a month very whimsical yeah you can hear that yeah it was i thought i was falling in love in that song and that's what i talked about i was like yeah, yeah that's what i wanted it to feel like so yeah i don't want to fight it i'm not trying to hide it let's go be open 
So our next one is it's not you it's me <laughs> so on that one oh my god the meaning of that song and the lyrics there's parts where you're singing but then there's parts where you kind of break it down to people you know what i'm saying <laughs> Okay, so this song is extremely emotionally charged. I was yeah. in, in an abusive relationship and I wrote this song during our first like really big break. Well, I guess it was really our only really big breakup. Yeah, he was terrible, ter a terrible person. Mm. <laughs> um, so, like an, just narcissistic, very psychologically and emotionally abusive and just among a lot of other things. I mean, he had conditioned me and gaslighted mm. me so much into thinking that the way that he treated me was my fault. Which, when you understand like narcissistic relationships, like it makes you feel crazy because you know that you're not doing anything. So literally, I was like, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> you're the piece of shit. <laughs> like, I did, I am so like, I was just really understanding that, like, I, I mean, my, my love for this person or this idea of this person that I had, that they tricked me into thinking was them, you know, was real. My love was real. Um, so it was extremely heartbreaking for me to realize that he got me and tracked me into this cycle of abuse, into this relationship. So he actually really never loved me at all. It was just, I was like a pawn in this. I was his source for whatever he was trying to get. Yeah, I wrote this song in like one night. Uh, I came back to the second verse where I'm speaking a little bit later. Oh. I had always been, I always hated talking in songs. I hated it. I never wanted to do mm. it all throughout growing up, I was like, fuck that, I hate that shit, it makes me super uncomfortable. And then when I made this song, it was that empty second verse, and I was like, I feel like I should talk here. I feel like this is something that I need to do. It's out of my comfort zone, and it just makes, to me, it just made 
sense that that's what that second verse was. Because I also was extremely emotionally charged. And I was like, at this point, when I wrote this song, I had cut him off. Cause like with narcissistic abusive relationships, eventually you just have to like fully cut the person off because no matter what you say or do, like they will use it against you. That's why it was like, I really want to call you right now to tell you that you're a piece of shit, but like, it's not going to do anything. And so it just felt like, yeah, right now, this is what I want to say to you, but I'm just going to do it in my music. And then I don't care if you ever hear it or not. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. I, I'm yeah. going to get it out right now yeah. in this song. And I don't want to sing about it. I just want to say it. And yeah. so that's what I did. It's like the period at the end of the sentence. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was that a stream of consciousness? Yeah, I just like, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go. And I recorded it. And then pretty much like the first take that I did was what ended up staying. Look, every relationship comes to this point. And darling, you no longer serve me. I don't know how many times and how many different ways I got to tell you this. I'm good. It's not me, baby. It's you. So where do you see your music going now? Now the pandemic's over, right? And now we're opening up and be yeah. touring. Are you gonna, what's going on? Um, I am gonna be putting out an EP and these songs will be on the EP. Okay. Um, I think there are gonna be like two new songs on it that haven't been released yet. Um, and then I'm working on another project. I want to put out a full length album. Mm. So I've been working on some tracks that I feel like would be towards that. Yeah. Um, I do want to tour. I'm really, I'm fully like immersed myself into being a touring artist that's putting consistently putting out like quality music. Mm -hmm. um, but I am, I do have a plan to be releasing more music this year and cool. I will be going to Mexico City at the end of the year and I will be playing shows down there. So if you could, um, to close off a little bit, if you could say how people can support independent artists and what you would want people to understand with that perspective, what would that be? That is, that's a very good question. <laughs> Do your research and find artists that you really with like not just their music but like who they are as a person make sure that you are supporting BIPOC artists and um, there are so many talented creative artists out there it won't be hard to find them but yeah that's what I would say yeah definitely so where can people find you where can they see you what give people kind of their information oh on so on all socials, you can find me at Sudi Music, which is S-U-D-I-E-M-U-S-I-C, of course. Um, SudiMusic.com. That one has a lot of updates. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly active on Instagram with, like, posting about songs and, like, releases and shows and stuff. Um, I'm also on TikTok, but I don't really do much on there. I just really watch. I love TikTok so much. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's creating content is is something that I struggle with um, because I like to spend most of my time creating music 
stuff rather than like being on video and like or taking pictures have you uh have you made peace with taking your times with that because you like you said earlier there's no like you said earlier everyone's like content 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 but the struggle every day for me god will that ever end anxious and antsy i'm like i want to put something out i want to put put it out right now (laughs) well i love the pace you're going i just it's very it's very refreshing because of how much people put out there is so much out there right and i think whenever an artist takes their time or like goes away for like five years and then comes back i'm like that's great that's the way you're doing it is perfect there's people that love to do a lot and then yeah so that's great. Yeah, I'm, I love I'm it. trying to do quality and like making sure that the right songs get the right amount of like play, play time yeah. before I do other stuff. But thank you. I thank you. Yeah. That makes me good. Yeah, I'm a fan. So I'm still going to follow everything you're doing, whatever Yay! pace you go. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But, awesome. but the, thank you so much for taking the time to oh come and gosh, sit down. You. And maybe I can have you future once you have like the album and talk about how the album yeah. process of that is. Please let me know. I would love to. This is so fun to talk to you. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, CD. You're welcome. Have a good night. Thank you so much. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com and follow us on Instagram at The Kilos Project. Till next time, train, recover, create.